With a revitalized waterfront and renovated historic districts, Lisbon promises to be one of Europe's most appealing destinations this year. It's a city of around a half a million where the Tejo River meets the Atlantic and comes packed with plenty of old-world charm and, and interesting neighborhoods to explore. We're joined now by guides Christina Duarte and Claudia Costa to help you plan a trip to their beautiful city. Christina, Claudia, welcome. Obrigada. Hey, Christina and Claudia, I noticed that Lisbon is, there's a lot of investment in the city. The waterfront is more people-friendly than ever. It used to be an industrial wasteland. The wonderful Avenue Liberdade is like the Champs-Élysées. It's got trees, it's got outdoor cafes, it's got new cobbles. I love what's going on in Lisbon. What is your observation, Claudia, about uh, how Lisbon is transforming before our very eyes? I think it's very important. Uh, well, if I see that with the eyes of a, a local that still lives in the Salazar time, maybe they say, oh, this is too much and this and that. But in Lisbon, it was important to do works, yeah. not for the tourists, but for the locals itself. Yeah. So, uh, yes, they are doing lots of beautiful renovation in the facades with the tiles, with the azulejos, as we say. Those are the beautiful uh, colored tiles? Yes, yeah, the yes. Tiles. They still, even if when they are doing new buildings, they keep the tiles in the facades. Azulejo. All right. And then uh, they are doing lots of renovation in the old areas like Alfama, mm-hmm. Moreria. Now it's in Moreria that uh, they are taking action. So this is an interesting thing. As uh, Lisbon becomes more affluent and takes care of its neighborhoods and there's gentrification, we also have the risk of becoming like the Ramblas in Barcelona, where you lose all of your personality and it becomes one big tourist shop. Yes. Christina, what is Lisbon concerned about in that regard? Lisbon has been, is right now more lively than ever because Mm -hmm. those areas that were residential areas, but they were pretty dark in the evening and there was not much people around because, you know, you live in the place, you don't go to the restaurants. I mean, you don't go to the restaurants every day. Mm -hmm. You have your home, you, you eat at home. So with this new population coming, more tourists, so more cafes open, more restaurants. So it's good. And the cities are more lively in the evening. You have people in the streets until very late, like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, that mm-hmm. in the past you would not see. You were kind of scared of getting out. It was, it and was right a now it's filled. Yes. Yeah. Right now it's full of people on the streets in the evening. Now, that my, is that is the good part. I fell in love with Lisbon mm-hmm. in the Alfama. That was the old salty sailors quarter. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, now it's become less lively and it feels like it's lost something, but there's a new neighborhood, which is kind of the new Alfama. Can you describe that? Yeah, uh, Mororia. Yeah. Yes. So it's exactly the other side. Alfama is in the hill of the castle. So between the over- castle and the river. Exactly, overlooking the river. So it right. means that it was through all the centuries, always the noble part of the city because it was the harbor and it was where everything happened. Yeah. Now, Moreria, we are exactly on the back of that hill. So uh, on the north face. And is that we literally know, where the Moors yeah, live? Exactly. Would that be the workers or the lord, yes, the outcasts, the, the immigrants the, the out- yes, and so on? Yes, exactly. So that would be the cheaper neighborhood. Exactly. A long, long time yes, ago. a long, long time ago. Exactly because it was not that handy for the, the, the right. river and the bay and the merchandises and, and today, the trade. Today it's just bursting with little restaurants. Little restaurants because when it was no longer possible to live in the Alfama, so gentrification started and they had to move moved to somewhere, and they still wanted to stay in town, so they went to the less expensive part of the city, so to the back of the hill. To the back of the hill. Now, Claudia, the Moria is this characteristic, long-forgotten, now-recognized, colorful neighborhood. It's no coincidence that that's where Fado came from. Is that correct? 
Yes, the Fadul music, well, I can start by the name of it, Fatum. So it's a, a Latin word that means the destiny, right? The destiny. The destiny. <laughs> so, yes, it started in those Black little streets. Uh, those I little mean, who's the most famous? Wasn't the most famous well, Fado singer? Well, their Fado singer was Amalie Rodriguez. Uh, she died in uh, 1999. But oh. nowadays we have other very famous singers, yeah. uh, such as Marisa. She's pretty famous. Uh, Ana Mora. She's also very famous. Because I was walking famous. through the streets of Mora. Rio last year and there was pictures on the walls yes. of, the, of the great Fado. That and also you have pictures on the walls of the population, the, those who live there. That's that right. is very interesting. I love the way Lisbon is doing this. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Lisbon with our two tour guide friends, Claudia Costa and Cristina Duarte. Our phone number is 877-333-7425 and Heidi's calling in from San Diego. Hello. I lived in Portugal for a couple years as a child and have had the opportunity to return many times since. Um, most recently in 2016 uh, with my in-laws and my four children, my husband, um, and they loved it. They had been to Italy. They had been to Germany, many parts, and Portugal was just wonderful. In fact, when we came home, they told their relatives about it, and relatives who had usually visited France decided to also visit Portugal. So what was it about it that was so lively to them? It's, it's smaller. It's a different culture. You know, you expect it to be... Europe, so you kind of think stereotypical France or what you mm -hmm. know from Italy, but it's it's different. It's its own country. And uh, I've seen a lot of changes over the years as I visited as well, which um, your guides alluded to. Heidi, when you were in Lisbon, did you stumble onto any good pastries? Oh, my. Let's talk about pastries. <laughs> well, another thing I appreciate about Portugal and that I love, probably because I lived there as a child as well, but their food and their pastries are very different. People think croissants or strudels. Oh. That's not what they do in Portugal. They do amazing things with eggs and just all different kinds of pastries. And that was one of the joys of taking my family that hadn't been there there was to introduce yeah. them to these foods. Well, you remember the, the famous... the famous uh, egg tart. Pastel de nata. Pastel de nata. Now, that's interesting. Is it pastel yeah. de nata, that's the generic term for if you live anywhere in Portugal. But I, I sense a little bit of Lisbon pride here. Yes. Uh, Claudia, why did you say pastel baleme? Because everyone knows the pastel. Pastel is a pastry, right? Made yeah. with puff pastry. But pastel de baleme was the first pastel de nata. Okay. Baleme, baleme is in, in Lisbon, near the beautiful monastery there. And it was the monks that start doing the recipe for the cakes. At Belém, B-E-L-E-M. Yeah. Correct. And there's a famous place there. They crank yeah. out yes. thousands of these and as a secret recipe. But I find all over Lisbon there are little neighborhood bakeries that crank out this oh, pastel yes. de, de, de nata. De, de, de nata the or de nata. <laughs> there is a contest. Lisbon makes a contest every year for the best yep. of the year. One gets famous and they mm -hmm. say they have the best pastry, but I think it's a sort of a interesting dynamic where it's the best pastry because they make a lot of them and they sell them hot out of yes. the oven. Yes. And if you get a, the best pastry three hours later, it's not the best pastry. No, you want it still hot yes. right out of the oven. Yes. And yes, if you yes. see a long line of local people waiting for their little... But you have a few little pastry coffee shops in downtown area where you find the same very good pastries in the case. Yes. And they're also, you know, warm and they are just wonderful. Can I add one tidbit about pastels de Belay? Sure. There's often a line going out, so people assume if they want to get their pastel de Belay, they go stand in the line. Well, you can go in and sit down, and there will be a server that can serve you pastel de Belay right there. You don't need to wait in that big, long line. It's beautiful inside. You're smart. That's a very um, good tip. Yes. <laughs> uh, you are local. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> Heidi. You know how to do it. You are local. <laughs> don't tell them the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> sit down, you'll be served. It's sort of counterintuitive. You yes. sit down, you'll be served. Yes. 
yeah. lot faster than the people who yes, wait in line. This is what we do. Oh, and they got the powdered sugar and the cinnamon, the cinnamon on it. Yeah, oh, yes. it's so good. <laughs> Heidi, you're making me want to fly back to Lisbon. Thanks for your call. Thank you so much. Rachel's calling from San Jose. Rachel, do you have a trip coming up to uh, Lisbon? I do. So I will be traveling with two teenagers, a 13-year-old and an almost 16-year-old. And we're going to be spending about a month in Spain. And I have a trip to Lisbon planned for two nights. And I know that they're just going to be a little bit tired of seeing the cathedrals and the museums. So I'm I'm looking for something that would be great for teenagers to do Mm. in Lisbon. Teenagers in Lisbon. First of all, I have to go to bat for Portugal. 30 days in Spain, two days in Lisbon. Got to revisit That's that. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I'll, I'll leave that to you. Now, let's say you're a, you're a mom with two kids, two teenagers in Lisbon, Cristina. All right. I like the nation's park, what is called yeah. the Parque das Nações, where mm. we had the Expo 1998. It is a brand new district of the city. You can visit the Oceanarium. So that's and, one of the best aquariums oh, in yes. all of Europe. It is a beautiful aquarium. I mm-hmm. mean, and uh, even if they say, our oh, aquarium is for children, don't, don't, you go, because it's beautiful, it's magic. Mm-hmm. And all that park is also magic. You can rent bicycles. some bicycles and then going along the river, and you have some, of course, shops. Shopping malls and uh, you know teenagers, they also like to look at shopping the windows. Malls. This yes. is a great shopping yeah, mall. It's it's, yes. it's a wonderful architecture. No, but no, it, it, is, it is true. Is. And you know, isn't what? it a famous architect a, yes. or something? I just yes, walked in there. A, well, Spanish architect. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> Spanish I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking as a mother of yeah. a 15 year old and a 20 year old, and I know that uh, it's not for the shopping, but they like to see what uh, the other kids uh, yeah. are, are using, what, what, what it is in vogue. You get off the yes. train, and by the way, uh, Rachel, this is Park of the Nation. Yes. And it has a big train station there, a yes. metro station. Metro station called Oriente. So the Orient, Orient. the Orient Metro station. station. Yes. And then is it Calatrava that's designing this hub, this transportation yes. hub? Yes, it's very beautiful. Looks like palm trees. So <laughs> e- even though it is Spanish, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Oh, of course, of <laughs> course. <laughs> Nuestros hermanos. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Another thing in downtown area that they like to do is that you have now these kind of scooters that they like, or they have tours. Actually, they are oh, sun tours. Those are those little tuk-tuks. Yes. Or oh, there are some tours also with segways. Uh-huh. And the kids like to do it, yeah. but because the city is very, it's lots of cobblestones. I would rather yeah. advise you to do the the, the Segway to no the Segway. Oh, the Segway. The Segway in Belain District because okay. it's flat and smooth. Another thing that they will probably enjoy if it is good weather is taking the train from Lisbon to Cascais. So C A S C I S is 35 minutes along the river and then the ocean. You stop in Cascais for the beach and it's just lovely. And it's just a, a nice break from all those cathedrals that you're saying that you are going to see. Now, you do have Lisbon overrun now by these. If you've been traveling in India, the little taxis, there are three-wheel taxis with a, with a canopy over them. And they're kind of a, a noisy problem in Lisbon. But if I was a, a mom or a dad with two kids... I would consider hiring one of these tuk-tuks. They're independent business people, and they pretend like they're tour guides. And you arrange for a price, and it fits three people quite easy, three, two or kids. Or more, because yeah. they are they yeah, actually are up to six was, electrical. Bigger, yeah. they, right now, they are mostly. And then you have a character who's your driver, and you have this fun little unforgettable experience on a three-wheel motorcycle, and you go through town. That and sounds fun, too. It's a lot yes. of fun. And then if I can add, I think it's also fun to use one of the funiculars, the cable cars. Oh, for yeah. sure. It's I think like, they will enjoy that. It's all the charm of San Francisco, but yeah. it speaks Portuguese and it's much older. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun, Rachel. Thanks for your call. Thank you so much.
This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking Lisbon with our two guides, Christina Duarte and Claudia Costa. Our email is radio at ricksteves.com. And Christopher sent us an email from Wontaggy, New York. Christopher writes, I'm taking my husband to Portugal for his 50th birthday. What are some of the tourist spots that embody Lisbon that we shouldn't miss, and it needs to be LGBT-friendly? So that's an interesting issue. We've got a gay couple here. They're going to Lisbon. I know there are certain places in Spain that are very, very popular and famous as, um, you know, gay resorts. In Lisbon, is a gay couple comfortable on the street? Yes. Actually, there is not a specific place that I say, well, go to this place, I recommend this place or the other, because actually Lisbon, it's uh, gay-friendly. We don't put, it's not even an issue. So it's not uh, an issue. I, it's, it's not even an issue. It's like uh, every restaurant will be good, every okay. hotel will be good, and any any bar, beautiful bar, overlooking, romantic, overlooking places. Nice. That I can give you a tip for. Okay, two, so four. gay yes. or straight. <laughs> yes. Let's say it's yeah, an anniversary. Straight, yes. An anniversary. Yes. Where would you go for a nice romantic dinner? A nice romantic dinner. I like Bairro Alto. And in Bairro Alto, there is the independent that has a rooftop that is beautiful. And you can have a dinner over there and having a beautiful view over of the castle. There is also another called The Roof. Mm-hmm. Which is in overlooking Moraria ah, and the uh, overlooking the square and also rooftops because as we have Lisbon is all done There's with lot, all the hills, yeah. so the views are amazing. For a bar, if you would just go for a cocktail in the end of the evening or the sunset, that is the most beautiful sunset time of the light of Lisbon is the sunset. Nice. There is a hotel in Alfama called Memo Alfama. And go to the bar over there because it's overlooking the river. You think that you you are out of the world because nice. it's it's very hidden. Not everybody knows. It. Well, now everybody will know it. <laughs> uh, not necessarily romantic, but a very beautiful dinner is. Yeah. Uh, I just it was my favorite discovery last year when I was in Lisbon. Is taking the ferry across from Lisbon to the fishing community directly across, and there's a right next to the ferry dock. There's a beautiful. Fish restaurant. Yes. What, what is the name of that town? Casillas. Yes, Casillas. Casillas. And it's, it's we have lots the, of little yeah, good this, fish this is, restaurants over there. Yeah. Oh, you you just get off the ferry, uh, you turn right, and there it is. And it's got a view of the harbor. It's got yes. a view of Lisbon, and it's the yes. best fish, and it's filled yes. with hungry locals. You know, there is another part of the city that usually we don't mention, but I think is, in my opinion, it's really nice. It's called Alcantara, between uh, the city center and Belém. Mm-hmm. Alcantara. Alcantara. A L C A N T A R. Is where is the Alex? Yes, oh, that's, that's what I was saying. That's a uh, former industrial area that's become mm-hmm. trendy with lots mm-hmm. of clubs. Yes, yeah, yes. and yeah. they have the dogs also, nice restaurants, little restaurants, good fish. Uh, also, you have the view from what, the river. What's the Portuguese word for ducks? Docas. Docas. D-O-C-A-S. So if you ask for the docas, that docas, would be this yes. industrial area that's trendy now. There's so much to think about if we're going to Lisbon. Gail's calling in from Albany, Oregon. Gail, thanks for your call. Um, yes, I've got a little bit different question. We're going to be staying for two weeks in Lisbon, visiting family, but not staying with them and not having a car. And wh- where would you suggest and what's the state of little bit longer-term rentals in, in Lisbon? Well, Airbnb is so popular these days. And if you're staying for a while, you'll save a lot of money by not staying yes. in a hotel and staying in an Airbnb. Yes, I would recommend that. Yeah. Yes. And then you're in a little community. You feel like you're settling in. I don't bother with an Airbnb for one or two nights because I just like the hotel service. But if you're staying for a couple of weeks, you want to go shopping and stock your pantry and uh, feel like you live there. And you could choose a good neighborhood with Airbnb. I like Chiado. 
So yeah. C-H-I-A-D-O, Chiado area. I mm-hmm. like it because it's very, very walking friendly to everywhere where you want to go. Yeah. And from that, uh, Chiado, everything that is around, Bairro Alto, Bica, Santa Catarina. But uh, you have a, a huge choice of uh, apartments, very nice apartments in that area. All right, Gail, have fun. All right, thank you so much. Two weeks in Lisbon, that sounds great. So let's just finish our discussion by reminding our travelers that if they want to go during festival time, there's a lot of color and enthusiasm and passion. What is the best season for festivals in Lisbon? Definitely June. Everything happens in June. We call it the month of the popular saints, the patron saints. Mm -hmm. So Lisbon uh, celebrates its patriot saint that is St. Anthony, so the 12th to the 13th. St. John in Porto, the 23rd to the 24th. And then in Sintra, in so many other cities, is the 28th to the 29th, so the 29th of June. But it's also the month of Portugal because we celebrate the day of Portugal, which is the 10th. And the whole city of Lisbon has the city's celebrations. So there is color all over, concerts all over also. In Alfama, they do the Cash Alfama that is just for Fado. You buy a ticket for two or three days, and in different venues, you just mm. jump from oh, one venue great. to another. So you can go to the the tourist information sites exactly. and so on and learn about that. And there's probably also a lot of travelers that didn't make reservations for hotels wandering around in the streets looking for a hotel. So it's a crowded time, I think, in June. But it's really fun. It's uh, fun. So it's make really a reservation fun. in advance for your hotel. Because oh, yeah. I really recommend you. It's my favorite time in Lisbon. While it also has a local, it's really fun. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Okay. You have sangria, you have beer. You have sardines. You have uh, you have lots of music, Tomato lots salad, of fun. Yes, June. and you can also dance with uh, with the locals. So June in Lisbon. Okay, Christina Duarte, Claudia Costa. Thank you so much for uh, helping us put our dreams into action here when it comes to visiting you. your beautiful city. Obrigada. Each year, Rick Steves tour guides take thousands of free spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.